Welcome back to the You Know Ball podcast. I am your host, Trill Bro Dude, and today I am excited to have onto the podcast. You might know him from Sixers Twitter. I guess that's really your only credit, right, Matt? <laughs> yeah, that, that's literally all I. That's all I have in the world. Don't take that from me. That's all I have. So we have uh, Matt, aka Panasonic DX forty five hundred, which I don't even know when you change your name to that. But <laughs> that was that, that was means, a long, That's. That's a that that is a a low key that's a mountain goats reference for all my oh, other sad indie music. Okay, thing. yeah, gotcha. And yeah. I have I've had so many people tell me I have to change that because like it's a terrible name and nobody can ever find me. But I don't want people to find me. Don't follow me. I I like existing as a troll under a bridge, so nobody follows. Yeah, no. me. I can totally relate to that. I've uh, I've complained about having too many followers on Twitter. Uh, now, anytime I tweet anything, it is just an open invitation for hundreds of people to yell at me. So <laughs> I don't need any more followers. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably already follow me, but I, don't tell your friends about my account. So I, ha- I have the worst takes. I have zero knowledge of ball. I don't need anybody following me. What's the name of this podcast, by the way? I forget. <laughs> you know ball baby um oh so, sweet jesus oh no <laughs> yeah little, little contradictory really. up at the top here but <laughs> we're gonna power through and we will be able to overcome your lack of ball knowledge because of my you know just dictionary level of of ball so <laughs> we gotta we gotta start up at the top with the trade slot some more slot for the piggies we're gonna talk <laughs> Some trade stuff. Again, I actually wanted to talk a little bit about basketball today, but we're going to talk more probably about the trade stuff because that's what happens when Daryl Morey, a.k.a. American Psycho, is your GM. And we are just continuing to live through this somehow still into the year 2022. Ben Simmons is still on the Sixers. A report came out earlier today from Jason Dumas, who I know you tweeted this earlier. I, <laughs> I did. I did. I, uh, I know what you're about to say. Yeah. Can we trust this guy? Because it feels like sometimes he gets shit right and sometimes he just totally misses. He said something that I like today, so I'm going to say yes. We can trust. <laughs> him. I agree. I agree with him, and so he he's plugged in. He has the knowledge. He has Daryl Morey on speed dial. He knows. It's true, and I will say, I know Jake Fisher has gotten a lot of stuff right, but he's wrong when he says Daryl Morey might not trade Ben Simmons before the trade deadline because I don't personally like that. So he's completely (laughs) irrelevant to me, and he should have no credentials because of that. No, but in in all seriousness, Jason Dumas, who, as I said before, has had some right things on the Sixers, his biggest hit so far from what I can remember is when he basically said – by the way, Ben Simmons isn't talking to anyone on the team, and the team I mean, came was, immediately, yeah, and immediately denied that and was like, "Hey," and he, you know, a month or two later, it comes out that that was true. But also, like, 
I mean, I give him credit for that. I'm not not giving him credit for that, but also like he had, he had some other hits. I forget what, but he had like one or two other ones. And I, I I've got some people like 2020 draft yeah. night. He basically came out and said Maury was on the verge of reshaping the entire team. He didn't say like they're going to trade X Y Z. They're going to trade four, but he basically said Maury's going to make multiple trades tonight. He's going to be aggressive. Blah blah blah. And then he he totally was, which was like, I mean. Most of this stuff is generally vague, but like it's it's close enough to what happened that I'll give him credit for it. I, I I'm actually happy you said that because I do have to say, like, you know, I know we're all sick of Ben Simmons, and I know like I want to like just every time he tweets about fucking like NFTs or some shit, I just want to like put Daryl Morey's head in the toilet and give him a swirly <laughs> and like just say fix the team, diff shit. Just fix the fucking team. But, like, we still – I mean, we have to give him credit for, like, that 2020 draft and how much he just, like – in, like, one night just, like, resolved half the team. Like, he, yeah. he shipped out Al, Al Horford and got, like, positives back for him. It, it's incredible, honestly. Like, you know, that 2020 night well, is, like, so one Josh night. Richardson for Seth Curry is uh, yeah, absolute that, heist. I mean, and Maxi the pick. Like, I can't complain about Maury's drafts. Like, I think Maury's drafts so far have been fantastic. It's everything yeah, else e- that is. As an Eagles fan, that's a fantastic. As an Eagles fan, that's a fantastic change. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Who actually I can trust on on draft night? That's fantastic. Yeah. So basically, Jason Dumas comes out today and says Daryl Morey has broadened his scope for potential trade targets as he looks to trade Ben Simmons. He had been adamant on only trading for a few players. Uh, and now I'm told there's a list of 25 guys who would accept straight up or in a package, which has this not the, been the same fucking thing we've been hearing for fucking th- a month, two months. I was, like, about, I was about to say the, the one thing about that, about that, that, yes, you know, that there's update, specific wording. It, it's one of those things that like, no matter which way it actually ends up, you can go back and say, technically it's not wrong. <laughs> But like you know, at, at at the end of this, like if he makes a deep, if if we do trade Ben Simmons, then obviously he can say, "Hey, look, I was right, I, I had it." But like if they don't make a trade, he can say, "Well, I said he expanded his his list. I didn't say he was definitely going to do it." Right. It's all big enough that it's like, yeah, you you could look at it from either way. Like there, he really doesn't ever give definitive like. It's more just like rumor mongering kind of shit where it's yeah, like it, it does it, like like I said, it, it's relying heavily on the fact that I like it and I agree <laughs> with what he's saying. It and makes it, me happy. So I'm saying it's it, it's true when he has it those gives me but. it gives me good brain chemicals. So I will like <laughs> it and share it and send it to everyone I know and send it to the little piggies in the discord who love the slop just like me. So it it. It gives me what I've heard other people describe as dopamine. I've never had that chemical in my life, but I believe this is the reaction that other people have. And so it's it's a fact. Yeah. And NBA trade rumors are are the number one dopamine hit for me. Like I I am I feel like a an addict when it comes to these things because it's like <laughs> like uh, Shams tweeted like a few days ago that Rajon Rondo was was basically just salary dump to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and my brain was like a trade. Like the first I know, right? I, months, I got the jitters. My hand was like doing that thing where like it starts moving again. Like you know, it. I felt it. I, it was like, oh, here it comes, here it comes one. I just need some fix. It's been pretty dead. Like nothing's been happening. I need yeah, some I kind of like 
It's almost like we're in the middle of a two-year-long pandemic, and teams are teams are just trying to construct their rosters so that they can have eight human beings on a basketball court at one time, and uh, makes trades I, a little I bit li- hard. I live in Florida. I I don't know what you're referring to in, <laughs> in regards to the pandemic. I actually I I haven't heard of such a thing. Hey, I, all I will say is that uh, denying COVID is probably the only thing that we don't agree with QAnon on in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> QAnon and, and Sixers Twitter are basically like you know the, our, our twins separated. Oh yeah, we just went in different directions. Yeah, I, I famously Jack Michael of Celtics Twitter, um, who <laughs> who said shoot a three, coward Ben Simmons. Called us uh, the info wars of NBA fan bases in like 2017. He wasn't wrong. All that's all I'm going to say. Mean, he was not wrong. In fairness, like stuff happens. I feel like every year that like you know on any other team it would be like a decade long storyline, <laughs> and on the Sixers it's just like yeah that happens. Yeah, they're, they're like the the whole color star technology thing. I know you already did a whole. We're not going to talk about it. you did a whole podcast on that, but like on any other team, I feel like that would be like a whole like like season derailing like what the hell is happening here who did we who did we partner with and for us we're just like yeah that makes sense well yeah, yeah it's, they don't actually exist. it's both ends <laughs> like i said it's both ends of the spectrum though where it's like it makes sense because it's the sixers and it's like when trump became president and you're just being overloaded with insane information every single <laughs> day just like new horrible shit that's happening and then your brain is just like well i i don't i i can only react to the news and then we move on from it because that's the only way my brain knows how to do it. And that's kind of how the Sixers is. But like the the thing is, is that like our fan base being the InfoWars fan base makes it so that like we have multiple podcasts that are covering this. We have fucking just like people tweeting about it all the time and everyone knows every intricate detail about it. Whereas like if this happened to the Denver Nuggets, like no one would give a shit like it, no. their fans wouldn't dig up that much. Shit. Yes, it would be a controversy and it would be crazy, but it would also, I feel like it could just pass just because it's like they're normal human beings who have lives and hobbies <laughs> outside of professional sports. <laughs> they like, like to go outside and shit. I don't go outside. I'm like Earl sweatshirt. I literally just, <laughs> I sit in my house and I watch the Sixers and then I go on this podcast and I get mad about it. That's it. That's all that happens. <laughs> But those other fan bases, they've never even once driven out their GM for having a bunch of sock puppet accounts. They don't even live. They don't even. (laughs) They're not even fans. Hey, their team. Their team didn't even try to kill one of the prospects at any given point. In in the entire. There was there was a, there was a whole time when like the, the, every year the Sixers would have to have like one designated rookie sacri- sacrifice who would just like <laughs> miss the whole season, and like, that li- would just have to happen. It was until it was pretty much until Thibel that it, it was it was like that for like five straight well, it's years. Cause, it's because they literally almost fucking killed one. <laughs> they and, almost and, killed and one. That, I can only assume he 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 actually probably died at some point, like some final destination shit, and like came back and that broke the curse or some something. Yeah, in some sort of alternate reality. But and then with the other two, the the other two number one picks we had, we didn't. They're fine, but that we we just kind of mentally ruined them. Although Fultz did come out and admit and say that he only got nothing but love from Philly fans and stuff. And, you know, the Ben Simmons situation is, is, is complicated. I'm not saying that we personally did, but the, they, they weren't able to take the heat from the kitchen. That's what I'm saying. 
if if it if I ever get confirmation that I personally contributed to men, to Ben Simmons, Simmons breaking, <laughs> I would it would make me happy. You I can put that on your resume, dude. No, I, like, <laughs> I, I, Top I'm line. known for Sixers Twitter and for being the straw that broke Ben Simmons' mental camel's back. That could be my two. I want to be I that, but for Bill that. Simmons. I don't want to do it for Ben. So I want I want Bill Simmons to know Bill that Simmons I'm trying got to ruin there. his life. It's all, it's all empty, man. You can't break that. That's hey, he just, got $200 you know. million. He got half as much money as The Athletic for literally sitting in a room with a bunch of writers and just being like, uh yeah no uh you you ever notice that Tyrese Halliburton is kind of like the pineapple of the NBA and everyone's like one hundred thousand one hundred thousand million listens on this folks. <laughs> he, so he was he for some for, for whatever reason he's just, he was so good I'll give him credit at like finding good talent like great people oh I love a lot of their staff yeah and I agree he, and then he couldn't retain any of them. But he would just let them go because you know they would spend two seconds with him, and he'd be like, "Tyler, Tyler yeah. I assume you're talking about Tyler Tynes, who is doing great work." Oh, for I, was, I was, yeah, I was going. That that makes me so happy uh, that he that he blossomed and then was able to leave that old shit show behind. Yeah, no, he's he's, he's doing great. But I, I I actually like a lot of their people now. Not even necessarily for like good reasons, like. I like Chris Vernon because I think that he is like a sitcom character or like a shock jock. <laughs> like, I think he's just f- a funny person. Like, you know, you watch reality television shows and there's like, mm-hmm. you ever watch like Vanderpump Rules or like Southern, Char- like all those terrible Bravo shows, like the Real Housewives shows or uh, mm-hmm. Southern Charm, I think it's called. I just started watching. And there's like one character on that show. It's a guy named Thomas. And then in Vanderpump Rules, it's Jax. And they're like horrible people, but you just love them for their character. That's how I feel about the majority of like people like Bill Simmons, Chris Vernon. Like I don't agree with them on pretty much anything, but the their character is just undeniably entertaining and and funny to me that they exist and they're so popular. But the world, the world's a richer place for having these characters exist. I wouldn't want to be like anywhere within ten feet of them, but like yeah, like Bill Simmons, <laughs> I think. I think the world's a funnier place and like a more like whimsical that a guy like Ben Simmons can just like amble through it and and just you know say ran, our random Celtics players are they having a moment and then they can make that into a franchise that's well, worth two hundred million dollars. Yeah, he literally just ha- he tweeted tonight that he was going to stop watching the Celtics <laughs> and they're up like twenty on the Knicks right now. So that <laughs> that's Bill Simmons' influence. Also, I just want to say. Before we move on from the Bill Simmons thing that we – this was not planned, obviously. We're just fucking freestyling off the dome here. But the 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 last week he has – so there's this guy for the rigor named Derek Thompson who's like mm-hmm. this Atlantic writer that's like a huge pretentious liberal nerd. And he starts this new podcast, which is called Plain English, which they've been plugging over and over and over. So he's having him on his podcast. And last week they do this episode that's basically like – yeah, you know, like you should still be safe about COVID, but like we need to be honest about the new wave. Like it's not that serious, basically. Like, like they can, you can listen to it and like, yeah, they they kind of couch that with a bunch of like, you should be vaccinated, you should do all the right steps, which is like, yes, you should be. But at the same time, like the really the underlying theme of the whole thing was like, this isn't that big a deal. And then literally like five days later, Bill and his entire family got COVID. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I, I actually I, mysterious I ways. Have, I currently have COVID. 
Yes, you told me. So I'm allowed to laugh at other people having COVID. Exactly. I can laugh at I can laugh at Bill Simmons for having I'm I'm on the upswing from it. Or I might I've been coughing for two weeks, so I think by association I might have COVID, although all of my tests have come back negative. So it can actually transmit through podcasts now. That I think I should been, be aware. Well, I have gotten CTE from listening to too many Ringer podcasts, so it is possible <laughs> that, that COVID can also come through via podcast. I, yeah, I mean, I realistically, I, the podcasts I listen to make me sicker than COVID ever could. I'm going to fully derail. You, you send oh, derailed, we've already bad. derailed this conversation. I know, I know, I know. This has been so bad because you sent me like an <laughs> trill. He he like messaged me today, like, "Hey man, would you like come on?" And he sent me like an outline, and it's like we can talk about these things. So that sounds great. We briefly, <laughs> briefly touched on one trade report. We're like sixteen minutes into this. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. I'm gonna go further. Has anything? Has, has 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 there been any kind of pushback from that like fucking bizarre Joel and Bead accent that Jack and McMullen pulled out on on the podcast? So yeah, he did apologize. With, with he did apologize for it, but it was basically more like, "I'm sorry you got offended. I'm sorry that it was taken that way." He didn't come out and Would say you, like he basically said. We knew it was bad if you're enough that we edited it out. Shut up. Shut up, Trill. Shut up. I'm talking now. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, please pause it. Go find this insane impression that Jack and McMullen pulled out of somewhere. To, it's to, in Joel and Beat's likes. Oh, yeah. Oh, he liked it. He followed you after that. Yes. Didn't he? Amazing. Yes, he did. No, you can. I'm flexing for you. You can flex on that. That was the most casual. <laughs> Yes, like you know. Oh, yeah. I don't want to make it about me. No, that's that's incredible. I hate you, but that's <laughs> it's like it's this. It's it's just like the most like I I I I really don't know how their editor even let that slide. Unless like I mean, it's, it's well, that's what I was gonna say. Was that they <laughs> knew it was bad enough that they edited it out before it got to the Apple Podcast version, but they post the Spotify one like an hour or two before. <laughs> and you sneaky motherfucker, you found it. <laughs> Spotify Spotify literally <laughs> paid Bill Simmons $200 million to to exclusively publish their podcast two hours before it goes to other platforms. <laughs> and he doesn't even do a heat check. He, he just posts the raw <laughs> footage, apparently. He's because literally- it is like it's it's like an it's it it is it is like the modern day equivalent of like when you go back and you watch like oh hey Bing Crosby movie and you pop in like Holiday Inn and they have this whole like blackface minstrel show number <laughs> right yeah and you're like oh my god yeah it's horrible and it's, and the the apology was so just very much like hey I didn't know it would be taken that way because. I'm a white guy from Boston. I don't. I literally I, have I, never had to be held accountable for anything in my life. But also, think, they edited said, it out. That's what I didn't get. Is like you knew, but you I, edited I said, it out. I said this in, in the replies. This is to be fair. It's probably one of the the less least offensive things that's ever been said when you leave like two Bostonians alone in a room together. And have them talk <laughs> for like you know, just like. In on average, like the entire career of, of, of Bill Russell shows that's that's the truth. But like <laughs> it's it's you know, stop the like it seriously, stop the podcast, go find us, come back, this whole 
sidecar that I, I, I forced onto this will make sense. Cause I just need an update that there was some, I don't listen to, I don't listen to Bill Simmons podcast. Cause I'd love myself more. Than that. <laughs> I was going to say, cause you have a normal brain. <laughs> I, I I am not I am not that level of 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 poisoning Sick. myself, but God bless Trill. He is he he posts the updates and like that was just like the most like I. Hey, I listen, had, I I'm willing to get CTE if it means that uh you know the few hundred people that listen to this podcast get some get some laughs out of it. So, and that is why you're that's what separates you from the amateurs, man. Yeah, I'm the Antonio I'm, Brown of podcasting. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> let's. Let, let's get back to our Jason Dumas report that we have now gone on a 10-minute side little thing here, which is fine. I love this. But you can't this is- mention Antonio Brown and then trying to get me back on task. <laughs> okay, come on. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll leave that one there. So Jason Dumas's second tweet in this thread, there is nothing imminent, but that people should buckle up and this could go on for four years mindset is long gone. Joel Embiid has not added any pressure on the front office to get a deal done. He just wants a guy who will embrace Philly and has a desire to be there. So, I mean, like, like I said, though, that's still going back into like you know, it it it's kind of it like it seems like it's saying something, but then like if he doesn't get traded, he can go back and say like, well, like I said, like you know, there's not that much pressure. I said it wouldn't be four <laughs> years; it was still last. It's it's saying something without really like putting any like real skin in the game. Absolutely. And and my favorite part about that is the last part. Well, there's two elements to it. The first part of the tweet, which I said earlier, makes me believe that like that list of 25 when he says there's 25 players who he'd, he'd accept straight up or in a package. The package part is what we'll get into in a little bit, mm-hmm. because I think that's the only thing that differentiates this from any report from Woj or any report from Jake Fisher or whoever else has been kind of pushing these rumors out there in the media. Do you say Woj? Yeah, Woj said a list he had a Woj I, said that no, he had I, 25 I, to 30 people. I I've always said Woj and now I feel like an idiot. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I've always <laughs> said Woj. Fuck right, me. This is worth a side sidebar. <laughs> you called him Woj? Sometimes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so you think it's a wash bomb? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His name it's is more fun. Adrian Wojnarowski. I don't speak Polish. <laughs> That's not a real language. I don't know what that is. Poland's not real. Have you never listened to him on a podcast or on TV? I don't listen to podcasts. You invited me to this. I crammed two of these down my throat like you know, on the drive back from work to get prepared for it. I don't listen to podcasts. I exist only on Twitter. So you've never heard Woj talk before? I mean, I've heard him talk. I don't know. I've always I mean, he's not the most charismatic guy. He kind of no, he's, he's not. Also, <laughs> none of his, none of his reports are real. He never report he his tweets. You ever and then you click, oh, here's the story, and it's just like the most like boilerplate. It's like a it's like a high schooler trying to fill out a word count every time so, he posts an article on ESPN. So his articles are literally just like you remember those old apps when like. A few years ago, before you could like thread tweets together, and there were those apps that just you could thread them together. That's yes. literally all of Woj's articles are just yeah, un- he just copy. <laughs> it, 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 it always it's it, I swear it's like you know, he might as well end. In summary, the Chicago Bulls are a team of contrasts. In some <laughs> aspects, they are trading. No, it's like it's the same. I but Woj, okay, well, I I. 
I had to embarrass myself real quick. I, 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 my one thing is I'm, I'm gonna, quick to embarrass myself. I love that about myself. So like, we're just going to keep going. So Wodge did say, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make it happen. Um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to mean girls fetch this motherfucker. I'm going to make this a thing. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, Jesus Christ, I don't know if I'll ever be able to recover from that one. But um, so so basically, Jason Dumas uh, is saying, you know, that essentially everything that we have heard over the past few months. But the one thing that was funny to me is in the second part, he's like, he just wants a guy who will embrace Philly and has a desire to be there, which is like. Funny that, like, we've gone from, like, I will only take Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal to, like, okay, pa- if Patrick Beverly really wants to be in Philly <laughs> and like, he's a dog. Saying, we- it, it, we're watching in real time the, what happens when you go from dating in your 20s to dating in your 30s. <laughs> you know, just, like, hey, they've got to have this. They've got to, you know, all these guys. It's just, like, do they have a pulse? Are they going to play basketball? It's yeah. fine. It's whatever. It's kind. Of, it's actually kind of a great parallel to the Democratic Party. I mean, I know that you might not be able to comment on this, but like, oh eight, like Obama comes out there and he like they roll him out and he's like this hope and change, great speaker, whatever. And then by the time we get to Joe Biden, it's literally just like, he look, he's there, not a full on white supremacist, and he his brain is at ten yeah, percent capacity. <laughs> He's up there. If we sm- if we smear peanut butter on his lips like Mister Ed, it looks like he's talking. Can you dub that in? It, it, he's wearing the suit. What more do you want? And really, what more do I want? He will say That's words enough. out of his face occasionally. <laughs> they may not make sense, but he will say them. <laughs> but does does he know where he is? Yeah, he knows. He's in the hearts of every, and minds of every American. <laughs> and that's really what counts at the end of the day. So this was about the, weren't we talking about the Sixers? What happened? I don't know. I, I never know. <laughs> I honestly never know. It, the, the podcast just goes off the rail sometimes, but, um, no, so I'm not helping. So the Fox Halliburton thing is another thing that came up this week, which is speaking of speaking of politics, Fox and Halliburton. Look at you trying to look at you trying to segue this one back. Fox, Keith, Keith Pompey of segment. So, um, so don't bring that one back up. That's going to derail me again. That was the greatest. No, enough. Jesus Christ. All right. So, so another report comes out this week. I need to get sentences out. Another report <laughs> comes out this week that Sam Amick of The Athletic, who is plugged into the Kings front office, he lives in Northern California. He's plugged into the Warriors and Kings. And he He's fa- the good one, not yes. Amico. Yes, he, from the meme, he is the good one that I've, as everyone knows, Sam Amick, the good Amick on, on the Homer hand. So – Basically, it's not he comes Homer. To- it's 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 the guy with the giant hand. It's not Homer. Wait, what? Okay, enough. I thought that was Homer's <laughs> hand. I'm sorry. So, fa- I'm uh, just <laughs> so he comes out and basically says that the Kings, who going into the season said they were not willing to trade either De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton, maybe changing their position on that if it can lead to an upgrade at their positions and basically a better fit for the team. So 
the idea that everyone has been getting with this new Mori report coming out, it feels very much like the Kyrie thing a few <laughs> weeks ago where I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. all these reports coming out at the same time means that the Sixers are interested in Kyrie. And that wasn't true at all. And now this, it's like this. It might be different this time. It might it be. It could work for us. It could be. You never – it never worked for any of those other people. And they're absolutely insane to ever think that it possibly could. But it might work for us. So Fox and Halliburton are basically of at least theoretically available. So before we we get into whatever sidebar we're going to go into next, if you were the Sixers, would you be more interested in if you were to trade Ben Simmons to the Kings, which seems like he keeps being linked to the Kings over and over and over, would you be more interested in getting back De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton? And what would have to go with them to make the trade work for you? For, for me, it's Halliburton. It's it. Honestly, it's not really even that hard of a decision for me at this point. Like, if the two of them, if they're both there, and I, I, and it's like I can pick either one. I'm not even thinking that hard about it. I'm picking Halliburton. Um, okay. I think, and and Kyle Newberg actually had. I don't know if you saw. He had a pretty good article about this. Yeah, I read Kyle's about, article. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it it it's basically in line with like you know the the thinking that I have here, and just that like I I it and and like part of it is just like. Yeah, we. I at the start of the season, I probably might have leaned more towards Fox, and it's not mm-hmm. even about the season Fox is having. I know he's regressing, but like you know, you bounce around, it happens. But I really think the way Maxi has 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 blossomed this year and really like gone on a tear, and like it's important to say, like Fox is still going to be a better player than Maxi. I think when this is all done, I actually I, don't I agree. Cold, but yeah, no. If I get cold taked on that, I no no one's gonna be happier than me. I will fucking nope. dunk on myself. I think I think Maxi will be better. I talked about this with Mike Chandler so. a few weeks ago. Yeah, I I hope I get dunked into oblivion on this. My Nobody's thing is, just be like, happier than me. I'll be retweeting every like, like I'm just, I like Fox. Don't get me wrong, but I just think like if you're a point guard who can't shoot, what is your value in the modern NBA? I think I I just I really feel like. I, I feel like here's the thing. I think the most important thing is that like Fox and Halliburton, the one the one thing that's worth saying is that they are both of them are gonna hit another level if they get to be paired with a player like Joel Embiid. Right. Like if you put Joel Embiid on the same court with them, they're gonna step up into like a level like you know above what they've seen what we've seen from them before. And so Agreed. like either one of them, it would just you know because they've never they've never had a player like him. Like you know Fox has never had a guy like Joel Embiid on the team. Yeah, I, I totally agree. But and the so, fit is weird. <laughs> the fit's not great. But like it, it first of all, I think I I do think Fox will I think Maxi will be close, but like it we can agree, disagree, and if I'm wrong, trust me, I will be so fucking happy. You can laugh at me all you want. I'll be laughing at me too. <laughs> but I even if even if he's gonna be that much better, he's not gonna be like Halliburton extra $20 million in cap space better right. than Maxi this season or in the future. Um, I think the other thing with Halliburton, I think the fit is just better. He's been shooting better this year. So for like this year, it's better. And I think it's if you, ha- if you add Halliburton and he's still on his rookie contract, I actually think like you, know, you can still keep the door open even this summer to like you know like you know, if you, if this year it's like okay we're not gonna get Lillard we're not gonna get Beal we're not gonna get like one of those all star level guys to pair with Joel Embiid you can still make a trade for a guy like Halliburton and then like I don't know throwing like Buddy Heald or something like that 
bring that onto the team, have them there for for right now just to bring some value while Joel Embiid's still playing. And then you go in the offseason, and I think Halliburton, with like a half season of playing with Joel Embiid, that's an, he he becomes his own trade chip, right in the in the off season. If you want to try and bring in a guy like if you want to try again to bring in a guy like Beal or Lillard, so you kind it's it's the best of both. You can kind of keep the window open still a little bit, and you can still contribute to this year. Yep, that's kind of the idea. It's like we've been focused on this idea between getting the the the, the Beal or Dame guy or getting the Fox Ingram. Sometimes people would say CJ McCollum, but most people were into the idea of a younger player that could have higher upside that could that could come to the Sixers and make an impact. This would be the happy medium because like you said it's like you get you get Halliburton on the rookie contract, you get a guy who would be a great fit with Maxi and Embiid for this year and at this point I think it's like Maxi, Seth, Embiid and Halliburton, if he were to get traded here, would probably be mm-hmm. the four core guys that you can see moving forward with the team. Wow, you left out a player. I wonder what. I wonder why. Danny Green you left out one of the. <laughs> no, yeah. Did you say? Did you say Tobias? No, I did not. I mean, I was going to make Tobias Harris. I mean, actually, Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris actually links in nicely with this conversation because yeah, there's there the, there's two elements to it because. One of the things that me and you have talked about on Twitter before, which is like this idea of having flexibility around a Ben Simmons trade. Because if you trade Mm -hmm. for De'Aaron Fox, and I would not hate an upside swing on a player like De'Aaron Fox. If they really believe they can get the best out of De'Aaron Fox, I think his offensive potential is really fucking high. He's an incredible finisher, decent playmaker, good in the mid-range. Like He has the ability to be an all-star caliber player, I believe. I don't think no, I, I, he's, I totally he's, and and again you have to keep in mind like you know, when if he if he came to Philly and he had a guy like Joel Embiid to play beside I think we'd see him be able to unlock a level that like we haven't seen before. Yeah, and I think that he's extremely talented. But the risk that you take is then you if De'Aaron Fox comes here and just like every other point guard in the history of the Sixers <laughs> is can't shoot and is not able to mesh and really take uh, you know, his offensive game to the level that we would need it to be for him to be our primary initiator, then you're looking at a situation where you're potentially stuck with four years after this year of De'Aaron Fox on a max contract and two more years of Tobias Harris on a max contract. So you have two players who aren't max players on max deals. And that is a massive risk. There's another addition to this. Everyone keeps saying Buddy Healed, and I understand why Buddy's a lights out shooter. He puts up 10 threes a game. And other than like Dame and Steph, no one really does that. The one thing I mm-hmm. will say is I personally would prefer Harrison Barnes in a trade to Buddy Heald for two reasons. One reason being he's just a better NBA player. I think that on a contender, he makes a lot more sense. And the second reason is if you are able to find a Tobias Harris trade, whether it's in season or after the season, you have the perfect in-house replacement who is essentially going to do what you want Tobias Harris to do, but also provide a little bit better defense and make a, a ton of less money and shoot more threes. So, man, I, I was going to, when I was first putting that out there, I was like, you know, I was like, oh, maybe I should say, but in my mind, I was thinking I should say Buddy Heald or Harrison Barnes. I was like, no, that's too long. Just pick one. And of course I picked <laughs> the one that 
sets you up to go on hunt. Actually, dipshit, let me tell you what it should actually be. I think Buddy would be good on the Sixers, but if you're getting Halliburton and Buddy and you're keeping Seth and Maxie, then you have four guards under 6'5 and under, and they really can't all play together. So I I understand that, but you know how long I've watched these fucking Sixers and not seen a guy who's just willing to shoot up a three with no hesitation? It would just feel good, Trail. It would just feel good. That's why I love Isaiah Joe so much. He knows Same. he was put on God's green earth for one reason, and it's to chuck 10 threes a game. And if they go in, they go in, but he's still going to put them up, and I love him for that. Absolutely. And I, I'm totally with you, and I I think that he's pretty much the only player on the team right now that shoots. I tweeted the other night and said he's the only player that shoots contested threes, and everyone was like, well, Niang and Danny, and then I'm like, yeah, but like Isaiah Joe's the only one that actually shoots threes when his man is within like – five feet of him i feel like niang and danny yeah. do shoot threes but rarely do they ever shoot contested threes niang more so does just because he's a little bit taller and he can get the shot off but like i no, i wouldn't be fucking if they had buddy but i would prefer buddy if we were tr- like trading tobias if we were able to no, get no, buddy tra- for tobias i'd be happier no i was gonna say everyone else will shoot contested threes if they have to joe is like the only one who's like you know i'll do it i don't care yeah. Like, you know, with no regard for it. But, yeah, no, I – yeah, I, there was a time when I was, like, all in on hair. This was, I guess, like, post-Golden State. I was, like, all in on Harrison Barnes as a as a Sixers piece. I don't even know what year that was, but I remember being – 2017, like right? Wasn't that? Uh, I was 2016. Super, I was, yeah. Whenever that was, I was, like, super in on him being, like, yeah, we if we add him, that would really elevate whatever terrible Sixers squad at the time was. And obviously that was wrong. So no, but I have, I told you at the start of this podcast, I have no ball knowledge. So. <laughs> well, he's fine now. He's like good. He's, like he's fine. But I was like all in on the idea of like giving him like a huge, giving him like a Tobias Harris contract to me. Like, yeah, he's the guy. Well, the, the max then for he's secretly what made the death star warriors work, you know, not, not Seth Curry or Clay Thompson. No, no, it was all Harrison Barnes the whole time. Edward, yeah, Draymond Green or Andre Iguodala, none of them made any all scr- difference. All the Harrison scrubs, Barnes. All scrubs. All <laughs> scrubs compared to Harrison. Harrison he Barnes the is the greatest ceiling raiser in the NBA. I've said this many <laughs> times. I really do believe that like there are players on the Kings where I'm like it's actually funny because Buddy and, and Harrison Barnes are the perfect example of this, where it's like Sixers fans watch them play like five times a year. And they're like, we that's what we need. And I'm like, really? You need the fourth best player on like the 30 winning kings? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are you not understanding? <laughs> if there's one thing Doc Rivers does, it's elevate. So like, trust me, he's got this. He's got well, this. hey, buddy it's, said to him I, during I, the game, free me. So <laughs> I have I, I do want to just say I've said for a while I have records of this, so I can actually pull this up if it comes through and I can look smart. The Kings have always made the most sense for like being the team that eventually just trades for Ben Simmons, just because yeah. like I, there's no franchise in professional sports that like more desperately needs like like a, it's the new chapter than the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> like, and I this is why this is why Maury was actually smart to hold on to Ben Simmons because like he he realized that he's actually like a get out jail free card for like a GM who might lose their job. Yeah, at the like you know at the trade deadline, like you know, I, you know, so like you know, I don't even you know at, for the Kings, Monty McNair. Um, he actually used to work with Maury. 
yeah, see, it's it's all coming together. The fucking Illuminati. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> no, it's 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 like a perfect like if you if you're about to get fired because you completely fucked up assembling a team, you can pull like an emergency Ben Simmons trade off and you'd be like, No, no, it's a new chapter now. You have to give, give me, me three year more years. This yeah. It's yeah, true. It's like to- it's honestly very much like when team when teams just do like what Sam Presti or or here Sam Hinkie did just to give themselves a little bit of breathing room. Like, hey, I have all these yeah. picks at least. Ben Simmons is like a giant like break glass in case of emergency switch, and there's like eight teams that need that right now. Yeah, and I mean, look so as like, much as it's, it's degrading my mental health, it's it's not a bad move. <laughs> You good? I'm sorry, I dropped down for a second. Yeah, I'm uh, no, you're good. You're good. No, it's cool. It's live podcasting, folks. You never know what's going to happen. I do just want to say, I have a quick question for you, and I'm probably stealing this, but do you think <laughs> that do you think that the Kings are going to want to hold on to Fox and Halliburton because they haven't made the playoffs since Bush was in office, <laughs> folks? <laughs> Have you heard that, this? Man, look at look at you. You've you've been how long have you how long and how long for the past like ten minutes have you been sitting on that waiting for the, uh, waiting to two minutes? I was just waiting for you to stop talking and then your mic dropped out. So I was like, here's the perfect opportunity. <laughs> as soon as this dipshit shuts the fuck up, <laughs> uh, anyway, that's what a lot of people think listening to my podcast. So <laughs> I I just don't want to say one more thing about the Kings. Has there ever? I don't think like you know as much as. Um, the Kings pretending like, oh, no, we love our core. We couldn't possibly trade. That was the only bigger bluff than, like, Corey <laughs> being out there like, oh, yeah, I'll sit with Ben Simmons for four years if I have to. I'm not going to trade him. I like that There was, are I was, a lot of teams that said that. Like, how could we ever break up the core of a 32-win team? I know, but, like, you, you're the Kings. <laughs> you haven't made the – you haven't been relevant in, like – what 15 years and you're going to tell me oh no this is the core we couldn't possibly break up no 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 yep. they, there's never been a team with less like to lose than the sacramento kings and they were still trying to act like it well i've seen i've seen kings fans kind of free and i actually follow a few kings you've fans seen kings fans they exist i swear to god i've I know never seen them in real life I, I, I've seen some on Twitter, but I thought they were algorithms that came to life. Yes, they, I mean, they pretty much are. They, you know, they're in Northern California. It's close enough, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they, uh, they seem to think that they all want uh, – you'd be shocked to learn they want Ben Simmons, but they don't want to give up one of their two uh, mm-hmm. players that could possibly ever be traded for a player like Ben Simmons. And – I saw a guy like freaking out about like, oh, this is chasing the eight seed again. This is why the Kings always get in trouble. And I like Fox and Halliburton like as individual talents. But the idea that like they're ever going to be like the core of like even anything better than an eight seed is kind of laughable to me. Yeah, no, if they've got I, they're a fun team. Sure. I think the the Kings could could put together something fun, but like no, they're not. They're that's. I mean, I, it, it, this is just this is this is full on like you know. I mean, that's the same logic that made us be all like, oh no, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. No, of course they're going to work. We can't trade them. But Ever at least we made the playoffs. We were winning fifty <laughs> games every season. Like that. That's my whole thing. Is like if you look at the record from when Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid played together, and you could talk about all the playoff failures and all that shit. But like the regular season, we were a really good team for most of their time. Like if you look at 
anytime Joel Embiid plays, like the Sixers this year have been making me want to pull my hair out and we're like on pace to win 57 games when Joel Embiid plays. <laughs> like what the Sacramento Kings literally haven't won 40 games since before Obama. <laughs> like what are we doing? Like what in what world are they like no we need to hang on to guys whose ceiling are like and like once again I like these players but like Fox is probably never going to live up to his ceiling and like Halliburton yeah. who I like I still view as like I'd be surprised if he made more if he ever made an all-star team it would be like an all-star team where he's like the third best player on a really good team and I think his yeah, ceiling yeah. is probably he's like Malcolm Brogdon Lonzo Ball like really really good if they're your third or fourth best player but if they're your first or second best player y- you need better guys to like legitimately win anything he, he Halliburton's like the best option I think we get if we go with like the platoon approach for Ben Simmons as opposed to like actually getting like an all-star and it would make us a lot better this year because we have nothing currently in that hole so which is also another reason why I think it's going to happen because, like, you know, we, we, everyone's treated the Ben Simmons trade as like, you know, okay, we just have to wait for it to happen. And then once it happens, we're finally done. The roller coaster's over. No, nope. we can be, we can be, <laughs> we're able never to so <clears throat> the perfect ending would be if we trade for Tyrese Halliburton. And it's like, you know, immediately as soon as the season ends, Daryl Moore is open to another trade, folks. Let's, <laughs> let's spin the wheel again. And we just never get off the ride. It's just forever. We just live here until we die. <laughs> Let's fucking go, dude. Embiid's gonna be thirty-five in a wheelchair, and we're gonna be like <laughs> still talking about. I don't know. Jaden Springer's looking kind of good this year. I don't know if I want to trade him for. Has uh, seen where, where is he? I I actually haven't. Has he played? Well, he is he is COVID right. He is COVID right Does now. He? But yeah. But also, he might have went into witness protection. It's possible. So. <laughs> He's I a can't. Sixers rookie. He had to protect himself. <laughs> had to avoid the curse folks but no he has not really played I, he's not even cl- i mean he's literally just turned 19 and doc rivers refuses yeah. to play anyone who is a teenager ever so that will if just you, not ever happen if you can't remember the carter administration doc rivers has no <laughs> has no, time, no minutes for you <laughs> and andre drummond who in th- in theory was alive during the Carter administration is like only 29 somehow. Um, it, it, he really feels like he's just been here forever, man. He feels him and Greg Monroe. Andre Drummond, <coughs> Andre Drummond feels like he should have like memories from like the bad boy Pistons era, man. He feels like he should have been. On that <laughs> he was on those teams. What do you, he was on the Oh four Pistons too. Yeah, I know. He, 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 he he, I, he should be no I mean like he, he feel, I feel like he should be able to tell me stories of him like going up against Michael Jordan or some shit he rubbed elbows with Ben Wallace and Bill Lambeer <laughs> <laughs> he passed the torch to Ben Wallace <laughs> it's your that team now bro. that was Greg Monroe <laughs> who's, who's 31 somehow and still in the NBA he got you another are kidding game. me Greg, Mar- Greg Monroe is 31 yes sir Andre Drummond 29 Greg Monroe 31 I would have told you at least 36 for Greg Monroe. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's because it's uh, honestly the reason why those guys feel so old is because their games are just so like 1990s. They really are, man. <laughs> oh my God. It's Andre Drummond is only 28. Is he only 28? Yeah. I mean, that makes he He, da- he dated what's her face, Mike Carly. So, like, I knew True. he couldn't be. Lines that old. up. Yeah. So, Damn. like, I knew he couldn't have been that old. 
That's true. Is she I older totally... than him? I don't even know. She might have been. I don't know. Does it matter? <laughs> I mean, it's, me, fun. it's just me, like, fun. What's her name? Jeanette Curdy or some shit? I think that actually is her I, name. I, on the... I don't know where that came from, but yeah, sure. That, but let's go with that. Hey, if you're a big iCarly stand, let us know. <laughs> Tweet at me. <laughs> let me know if that's her name. All right. Um, God damn. You let me on the podcast one time and we make it's iCarly segue 45 minutes in. Fantastic. So to summarize, Tyrese Halliburton, <laughs> you are a Philadelphia 76er and a future trade asset in Daryl Morey. I, 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 will, I will say Fox tweeted out about NFTs today, so I think the deal is done. Uh, okay, hold on. Tyrese Halliburton tweeted about NFT, NFTs two days ago. Uh, three days oh, ago. And <laughs> oh my god, it's like selfie voice for Yeah, exactly. We, no matter who we get, they're gonna be into NFTs. Just live with it. That is the thing that we now have to live with. So I'm so happy. I'm so happy that Joel Embiid is like the one guy who's not involved in it. And like I fully it's because he has African parents. And like there's <laughs> no way he could explain to them spending like four hundred thousand dollars on like a picture of a monkey. Like drawn in MS Paint, <laughs> like Tobias Harris can pull that shit. Daryl Morey can, but there's no way Joel Embiid's parents. They, they, they would. There's no way he could explain that to them. Is it justified to his parents? All right, he's like, yeah, I'm a multi-millionaire, Bob. I, I, I can buy pictures of monkeys if I no, want to. <laughs> no, he, no, he can't. No, he can't. Not an immigrant. Not he. He has. He's. He's got immigrant parents. He can't explain. He still has to explain stuff to them. Okay, so. Tyrese Halliburton tweets about NFTs three days ago. Excited to join. I'm not even joking right now. The name of this company is Crypto Mori's. Okay, so now you're trying. Now you're nope. – that's pandering. That's yep. just pandering. I'm DMing you it right now so you can <laughs> see a picture of this. It's spelled M-O-I-R-M-O. Uh, R-I-E-S. I apologize. I'm illiterate. So it's not spelled the same way, but it is pronounced Crypto Maurice. So all I'm saying is stay oh, fucking woke. February 10th is the day we will rise. Tyrese Halliburton, Philadelphia 76er. Let's go. Great fit with only the one, team. It's so funny. Ways. There's only one... I was expecting a bunch of Sixers fans in the replies. There's only one. It's just a bunch of other nerds posting their stupid fucking NFTs. On well, we all quote tweeted it and and sent it to Maury, and we were like, <laughs> "Let's get it! Come on, you love these things that destroy the environment, apparently." <laughs> and our, all my apes gone though. All my apes gone. That was the, I don't that know was what the that most means. fun. Well, you didn't see that one? Oh, some dude like the day before like New Year's like tweeted how he lost his like three hundred thousand dollars worth of apes. And oh, they were hacked and they were replaced, right? They were hacked, and he just he dropped the the, the quote, "All my apes gone." It was just fantastic. Oh, sorry to that it's dude like, that your hundred million dollar picture was stolen. <laughs> It was great. Someone was all like, I, this is, I feel so bad for you, but um, please change your profile pic because you no longer legally own it. <laughs> That's great. Did you? Did everyone just screenshot? I was saying the other day on the podcast, I was like, I love when they just screenshot it and send it back to him. Like, oh, yeah, hey, yeah, just send it back to him. Hey, look what I found. Look what I found, eh? We love it, folks. We absolutely love it. All right, so – Let's talk a little bit about what else has been happening with the Sixers. Uh, you know, we're almost an hour into the podcast now, and we have not even <laughs> and talked also about it. 
We totally just fucked up your Color Star Technologies sponsorship by dunking on NFTs this month. Fuck. I'm so sorry, man. Fuck. I know. You screwed now. Sorry. Check's already in the mail. It's all good, dude. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's another, Check's it's a picture of a monkey. It's a picture of a monkey, but like, you know. <laughs> I was going to say, unfortunately, it's in crypto and I might be banned <laughs> from their servers now. But um, all right. So the team uh, was undefeated during the Dan Burke era. 2-0. and Forever, they will live in infamy. Never a loss under Dan Burke. And Doc Rivers, how many losses has he had as Sixers head coach? I'm just saying, if anybody over there just wants to cough in Doc Rivers' direction again, real quick, just oh, for no. a bit, just for my mental, don't say that. That's for my mental terrorism. What? So that's biological terrorism. You're not allowed to say I that. I have COVID. I'm allowed to make these jokes. <laughs> He's too I'm old. Allowed to my. He was. Fi- He's a doctor. He's fine. <laughs> uh, so, during your bout with COVID, during your your night sweats and coughing fits, when you watched the Sixers with Dan Burke as head coach, how did it feel to watch a modern NBA team shoot forty threes in a basketball game? I thought it was a fever dream symptom. Honestly, <laughs> I thought it was just part of the. I didn't know that was allowed. I, I was I was waiting for Adam Silver to come like crashing in on a parachute to cancel the game. <laughs> no, no, you can't do that. Not in a Sixers match, you can't. Seth Curry, you bring yourself over on the other side of that line. You keep one I, toe on it. Isaiah Joe's going to jail, folks. He shot he shot seven threes in a game that is not allowed. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, my sources tell me Isaiah Joe has received the death penalty. I think. <laughs> If you get that reference, you can follow me because that 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 that's a deep cut. <laughs> that's a great one. I loved it, folks. Yeah. Fantastic reference there. So they were, as I said, two and zero in the Dan Burke era. They beat the Nets and the Rockets. It is funny because two weeks ago I came on the podcast and was like, "I don't care if this team wins ten games in a row. I'm never buying back in." This team is just not <laughs> it, whatever. And then they went five games in a row, mostly against COVID Raptors teams. And I'm like, yeah, we got to make the Ben Simmons trade today. We need to get rid of Tobias Harris and go for the title this year. I was about to say, man, they played the Rockets. They played the Magic. We got to, you got to hold off for a second. They played, they played they the Nets. I know, but it was the Nets with, with KD just got back. Kyrie hadn't come back yet because he was like, you know, having his karmic retribution of getting COVID the second he came back from. <laughs> it was like a sitcom laugh track. Like, you know, oh, hey guys, I'm back. Immediately got COVID. <laughs> it's like, literally like, like arrest, arrested development opening the bag and being like, I don't know what I expected. <laughs> I've returned. I've returned from my vision quest, and I got COVID immediately. How, who could have ever seen this coming? It's absolutely amazing. But, um, but yeah, the net. Okay, so, so so of all these games, the only thing I really take anything away from is that Nets win, just because it was like obviously, like you said, they didn't have Kyrie. But also, I keep forgetting this: they're not going to have Kyrie for home games. No, they're not. It's in. It's crazy, right? It's like. <laughs> They're just, I mean, it's, 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 should the, here's the question. Should the Nets towards the end of the season tank their way into the eighth seed? That's what I'm saying. So they, Sam Sheehan. I, they sh- clearly they should, right? 
I mean, they should. I mean, I know you can't, but they should. (laughs) I think the five seed would be beneficial to them. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it would it would definitely be beneficial to to be on the on the the back end of that one, like somewhere in the in the five like around the five seed, just because that way they get them back. There's a big difference of the of the Nets with without Kyrie Irving. It's funny because I'm watching them play the Pacers last night, and I'm like. Oh, like fuck! They have Kyrie back. Like this offense. I mean, their defense looks like shit, of course. But yeah, no. This this offense is unbelievable. Like in that second half, I was like, oh, this is going to be really dangerous. And then I was like, oh right, Kyrie literally can't play for more than half of their playoff games. Legally barred from playing a home game, which is really, I mean, just incredible that you know. I mean, it's 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 a it's great rule. But like, it's a great yeah. rule that you're allowed to. You're allowed to play road games with the same people that will be playing at your stadium at home who can easily get the virus from you. And then on top of that, if you go to another city where they have the same rules as New York, you're allowed to play there as a visiting player. I think it's it's like back in the 70s with like the ABA where they were just making up new rules. And sometimes <laughs> you get like a three-point line and sometimes you get like a, a, a player can't play home games. But like they work – they're experimenting. They're finding new and innovative ways to change the game. I'm in favor of it. They're finding new and innovative ways to transmit the virus. It's honestly <laughs> commendable. I I, I think mean, he, the hoops that they've had to jump through are just absolutely amazing. In some ways, isn't it best that he got COVID immediately and then like now it's in the rearview meter mir- rearview mirror for him? It's like how this is the Eagles just like all put like half their half the roster on the COVID list this week. <laughs> they had but, like, one guy who had on the team and they were like, Oh, come in here, dude. We all want to get it. <laughs> we want to get this out of the way. We're going on a Super Bowl run. Come here. <laughs> Breathe into our faces. Come on. We know you have COVID. <laughs> but We'll we'll circle back in a second. I just want to say this Saturday, the Gardner Minshew game for Saturday Night Football against the the Cowboys. I'm so it's the most sickos shit imaginable. Like the most deranged. Like all the starters out, just Gardner Minshew out there tossing lobs to practice squad members. It's great. I love that the Eagles. I love that the Eagles have had for five years have had like a good backup quarterback, and then the Vikings are just rolling out Sean Mannion on Sunday night football, and he's just like a corpse out there. And I'm like, this is great. We mocked him for it. The quarterback factory. It's working. It is. It's working. Howie's a genius. (laughs) Howie Roseman, I I will see you in hell, but the the Gardner Minshew trade has made them a playoff team. Goaded. So, I mean, I loved it at the time too. It was just a smart move. I mean, it's just it's it's I I, I just love having Gar- a guy like Gardner Minshew on the Eagles. It's just so funny. The second he opens his mouth about anything political, it will all come back. It's like he starts talking about age of consent laws. <laughs> <laughs> that mustache tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> and, Everything I need to know about him, but it's like how like you know it, it, it. Carson Wentz's agent spent like eight years like living on the edge, just you know constantly having to check what this motherfucker was tweeting at any given time. He probably finally got to relax a little bit when he went to Indiana, which is a lot more like you know he can he can let a couple things slide there. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, Mike I mean he's going to be encouraged by like, a yeah. lot of the fan base to say shit. Yeah. There, they're going to be like this guy rocks. 
Look, if Mike Pence, if Mike Pence comes to a Colts playoff game, it's over. He's going to hit Super Saiyan mode and just be unstoppable. It's like uh, Gordon Hayward on January sixth of last year, just going into beast mode. Post, post, this, post, capital. How mad do you think he was that he couldn't be there? Oh, that's probably why he was playing with anger. <laughs> Dropped like forty points. Him and Michael Porter Jr. were probably in f- fucking furious. <laughs> um, speaking of being addicted to getting COVID, Michael Porter Jr. Um, so, uh, so we actually we have, do we have, have to talk about the Sixers. We, we do. We have yeah, a lot okay, of fun. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. This is this is going to have to be another sidebar because I just I mean my name being Porter. Michael Porter Jr. just brought him up. Did you hear what the fucking Wizards commentator said about Kevin Porter Jr. last night? No, wait, no, wait, go ahead. <gasps> oh my god, dude. Okay, so do you know anything about Kevin Porter Jr.? I, I he plays basketball. Okay, so <laughs> Kevin Porter Jr., I yeah. actually like he's done a lot of bad things off the court. I don't condone any of them. I don't want to be that guy. He's had a okay. really, really fucked up life, basically. He grew up mm-hmm. – his dad was uh, – I believe he was involved in a gang or something in Seattle. And he killed a person, his dad, and his dad mm-hmm. was also murdered. And last oh, night geez. during the game, when Kevin Porter Jr. shot a three to win the game, he said he pulled the trigger just like his dad. What? The- Jesus. Fucking – how do you have that one ready to go? He sat on that one all game. He was ready for it. Oh, my God. He had that one. You don't just casually bring that up. He was waiting for a chance to drop that all game. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So what has come out today, people are saying that he thought that – so there was a player in the 70s named Kevin Porter. No. No, 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 no. This guy played no, in the – this guy played in the 70s. <laughs> So he thought uh, that was his dad. That's what he's saying. No, no, that's bullshit. No, no, no. You it's just too. Also, I looked at Kevin Porter Jr. shootings or Kevin Porter Sr., quote unquote. His shooting stats mm-hmm. in the NBA were very bad. So I don't believe that at all. No, no. That's, that, that is the most obvious cope of you. You made, a, you made a comment without thinking about it, and like you just got lucky that it turned out to be another Kevin Porter at some point. Yeah, it was absolutely then, psychotic. Like who, 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 who drops that casual Kevin Porter from the 1970s? Yeah, I mean, reference. No. it's not – I mean, I don't even know who the new color commentator is for I, the Wizards, but oh, so that I guy just, just, is getting fired for sure. I just, I just looked up the, 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 the old Kevin Porter he was talking about. He, he led the league in assists four times. He wasn't a shooter. Come yeah, on, man. Exactly. No, that's, that's what I'm that's, saying. That's he didn't hoop. Oh, he was man. not a hooper. He was a basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We will talk about the Sixers now. We are back to the Sixers. <laughs> you the only po- this, man. It's reference for it. <laughs> All right, we got to talk about a few more things here. So, did you see Licorice Pizza yet? I've been waiting to. Talk, I've been waiting to see it. I want to get your opinions on it. What was it? Licorice Pizza. I'm just going completely off the rails. Oh, I absolutely hate you. I hate you right now. So, <laughs> you invited me. You asked for this. <laughs> so, basically, the Sixers play modern basketball. They've won five in a row now. 
As we said before, they shot 43s in the Rockets game. You could take a lot of positives. The Embiid maxi pairing looked really fucking good during the Nets game. That was the biggest positive that I took from that game. And before Maxi went into COVID protocols, it was looking very good. Of course, it's this season, so it's going to get derailed immediately. And the team has <laughs> has won two since. Seth has looked fucking awesome. He's had seven straight games with five or more assists. And mm-hmm. right now, it feels like with Embiid playing at this level, like I think the reason why Maury might be changing his tune a little bit is just because it's like, up until the point when he was saying all that shit at the beginning of the season, Embiid wasn't playing great. The team was winning, but Embiid was not playing mm-hmm. great and was like, you can't justify not making a move now just because like Joel Embiid is absolutely fucking dominating, right? Like he's arguably better than his MVP season over the past month. Just one player of the month in his fucking prime. And I don't think that he can justify, even if, the, if I still am out on this team as a whole, it's just like Joel Embiid's a top five player right now. And like, how often do you get a top five player in the middle of their prime dominating on both ends the way that he is right now? He's top three, first of all, if we're, if we're being honest, he's up there, man. I like right now, the way that he's been playing lately. Yeah. I mean, he had that slump kind of like, and he came back from COVID and like, it took him a little while to shake well, it His off. mid range was bad too. And now yeah, it's good it again. Yeah, so yeah, it was, yeah, he found it. He refound it. Yeah, I mean, it's just he just keeps finding ways to like kick it up another like every year. It feels like he just keeps finding ways to find a new gear and like really escalate. Like I really thought last year was like the best I'd see him, and like you know he came like you say he came second in MVP. That's as you know, that's you know the guys who goes their entire careers without touching that, and like somehow he's really found even another level. So yeah, I mean, I I buy on which again it's what sends me back to like that Dumas report. Like, you know, that's just like you watching the games and be like, well, he's, uh, you gotta, you gotta take appreciate this. Like <laughs> making a report based on it. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I think he really has forced the conversation. It's just, it, it, there's no reason this team should be anything good right now. There's really no, like you, you, you shouldn't have like what 40 million in dead cap, you know, eight seventy million in dead cap. If you count yeah. Tobias and, Harris, and then, I was about to say, and then Tobias Harris is just out there getting cardio, you know, <laughs> working on his, getting fucking, having the fucking aerobics exercise out there, occasionally shooting a shot. And, you know, he, he poor Joel Embiid's out there with like you know just all this baggage weighing him down, and he is still pushing this team this hard. Like you, you really can't really just, you can't really justify. And like I, I hate to say it, like you, know, I, I know he's only twenty seven right now, but like you know, big men they don't age like guards you know they're not gonna or they not you know, you know what i mean like you know joel Embiid's got some wear and tear on him you don't know how long he can keep this up but like right now he's one of the best players in the world and yeah you kind of have to you know you have to shift your timetable based on like kind of what you're watching on the court every night and right now it's you know you gotta do something yeah and one of the things that i keep talking about which is like if you were to build the perfect team around Joel Embiid. The obvious thing that you would need is like that primary initiator. Like that's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, I think if you're looking for role players and guys who could be like fringe stars that could maybe have star level impact as role players, you're looking at guys like Tyrese Halliburton who are like good shooters, can create a little bit, good passers, connective passers, guys who could play good help defense. And the thing is, is that Embiid is doing this with like, 
the arguably the worst possible fit with Tobias Harris at the four. Mm-hmm. As as we've said, literally Danny Green having a Tony Snell, the first person since 2007, 2017, when Tony Snell had his infamous zero 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 game, the first person since then to have a zero counting stats game, negative 13. I'm so mad that he shot those two shots. I really wanted nothing but like goose eggs on the board when he <laughs> stepped off the court. He did those just to spite. He wasn't even trying to hit those. He was just like, "Well, I gotta do something. I can't. I can't have nothing but nothing but O's on there." He was getting back at the fans for what they did to Tobias. <laughs> <laughs> how they how they I, ruined Tobias forty million dollar man Tobias Harris's life. The thirteenth highest paid player in the in the league, and not even like. I'm saying they put out they put out the 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 all star stats today. They did they gave the first and Lamarcus Aldridge, 36 year old, unretired. He's he's on that board. Half and Tobias heart. Harris, the, yeah, it, <laughs> should legally had had to get like an 18th opinion before someone told him <laughs> he could legally play. And he's on that goddamn board. And Tobias Harris, the 13th highest paid player in the league, not on there. Well, to be fair, that that is fan voting, but Tobias is not even close to the all-star conversation this year, which is... We we, we are... The the Sixers are an insane fan base. If you gave us an iota of anything, we could boost... We could push him on there. I'm surprised Maxi wasn't in there, to be honest. (laughs) It's it's literally just because he's out right now. I feel like if he was out there... And like doing it, we could get, we could have that happen. I am seriously on board with trying to get Ben Simmons since the All Star game. By the way, It'd that would be, be a great thing. It would be amazing. It would just be the it would be the most amazing. The I want this thirty for thirty to have like a theatrical release. I've said this, and so I think we should all. If you're if, again, pause the podcast. Go tweet <laughs> Ben Simmons hashtag NBA All Star. Let's make it happen, folks. Come back. Yeah, yeah. Let's. I. It would just be. <laughs> I mean, they, they didn't clutch. Then they, then they like push for it. Then they yeah. like post something like saying, "Like amazing, fantastic, it was a good bit, great bit." Yeah, no, I will respect him again if he makes a genuine All Star push. Honestly, if he like goes logs on and tries well, to get into the All Star game, if I'll say this much, well, the reason why we miss Ben Simmons right now so much is because he would be doing that. <laughs> He, he yes. cares more the two weeks leading up to the All-Star voting than literally anyone in the entire NBA. Can I can I just say also, it's so funny, like we were just talking about Tobias Harris, the second like, you know, rumors start coming around that like Maury might be putting together a trade package to for Sacramento, all of a sudden Tobias Harris kind of refines his shot in that game <laughs> against the Magic. Like the second there's rumors that he might, that some people might be getting shipped to Sacramento. Tobias is all like, "Oh no, I can shoot." By the way, I you can know, what, you know, what? and he he, no. he was making quick decisions again and not over dribbling and doing all the things that drive <laughs> yeah. us absolutely fucking nuts. <laughs> you know what's really funny about the Tobias thing is if you the thing with Tobias is like if you watch him during the game and then you look at the stats. No matter if he plays great or he plays bad, they're almost always the same, it feels like. The recent stretch has been kind of the exception to that. Like, he had a nine-point game. He had the 14-point game on horrible efficiency and whatever. But, like, last night, I felt like he played really well. That was one of the best games of his season, which isn't saying much, but it was. And (laughs) he shot 19 times and scored 22 points. Like even the great Tobias games, it's not going to be, 
it, it's more about like what you're seeing on the court, which is like not over dribbling, not, you know, just making incredibly dumb decisions and not overthinking everything and just shooting off the catch and doing all that. But it's still funny that like, even we're like, wow, what a great Tobias game. And you're like, he had 22, nine and four on nine of 19 from the field. And like his defense wasn't great. <laughs> I was, I was just going to say, like you said, like, you know, saying, Oh, it's just about, you know, I want to say make quick decisions. I want to say not overthink it. Just give it. So you're describing it as if you're watching your eight year old play like a pickup <laughs> basketball game. You know, you're like describing me like, oh, he's just out there for to build character. It's not about winning or losing. We want him to like learn what it's like to be part of a team. And that's the, that's the whole thing. But the like, dude, what did I, here's the thing about that that whole thing? I don't care about this, and I I respect the fact that Danny Green like defended Tobias and he likes him, and that's what he does. He defended Ben. He does all that shit. But also like <laughs> Tobias, <laughs> it's his teammate. I understand it. I get it. I, I, that's all I'll say. What I'm going to say, though, is like, <laughs> Tobias, what did you expect when you signed a hundred and eighty million dollar contract? And now you're like the you're he playing expect- like the seventh or eighth best player on the team right now. I don't blame I, I have nothing against Tobias Harris as like a person. And I don't blame him for anything, really, because he's the exact player he's always been. Yeah, it's not his fault. I'm not mad at him. It's not like he fell off a cliff. Yeah, no, it's somebody a, a a a dipshit front office full of Colangelo holdouts offered him 180 million dollars as an a, you know a desperation to keep their jobs, which didn't work. Of course, he signed it. I don't blame him for that. You know, someone someone offers you 180 million dollars, go for it. But yeah, I mean, you you hear people say you can boo him. Everyone right. should. It's fine to boo him. Like people say, oh, how would you like it if if you got booed at your job? If I was getting paid to buy his Harris money. <laughs> And I put up his his level of work production. I want to make it past four o'clock. All right. Well, first off, my I boss wanna, would be right there. And be like, what? I would I would say, if I'm being booed by individuals at my job, they're coming into my office and they're booing at me. Or if I'm working from home right now, they're coming into my home and booing from me. And I'm making forty million dollars a year. I'm hiring a contract killer to kill those people. <laughs> If, if I'm getting paid $36 million a year, you can come to my house, knock on the door, and punch me in the face. <laughs> I don't care. I have $36 million. I can buy a new face. You can come to my home and just line up and kick me in the nuts. I'll, t- I'll stand there, and I'll take it for $36 million. I'm supposed to care about booing? The best part about this whole thing was actually the play where Tobias told the fans to shut up afterwards. Did you see the clip? Where he he basically said like don't clap. After I, I mean, I respect scored. that honestly. Uh, okay, I but did you? That. But watch the play. On the play, he's posting up, and Andre Drummond is literally standing wide open under the basket. He doesn't see him. He turns. He turns and he he dribbles and he shoots a contested mid ranger, which he loves to do, and he hits it this time. And he traveled on the play, but they didn't call it. Which is just a sign of the Tobias Harris experience. I respect everything about that. You cheat. You make you make a bad decision. You cheat to do it. It somehow works, and then you talk shit. That's fantastic. It's incredible. If he did that every play, I he I have a Tobias Harris jersey. (laughs) I would respect the grift. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, no, I'm for the grift. I have a Ben Simmons jersey. I don't know what to do with it. I guess I have to give it away. Yeah, donate it to Goodwill or. I don't know. One of That's those stores. Some, 
some random some random person in the Tampa Bay area just like walking around like Ben Simmons jersey <laughs> like eighteen cents in the Goodwill. That's, that'll be fun. By the way, fuck you for tweeting out what the weather's like there right now while we're sitting through seventy seven degrees tomorrow and sunny, baby. You son it's of a bitch. It's gonna be a beautiful beach day. To be fair, you'll have fun. You've had to live with COVID for two years unregulated, so. Again, I don't know what you're talking about. That's not been discussed. <laughs> what is this COVID? It's like it's like wash, dude. <laughs> I was about to make that joke. God damn it! Yeah, like <laughs> Adrian Wojnarowski. Wojnarowski has announced that they, that Rudy Gobert has COVID again. <laughs> Part two, baby, we're back. We're, we he does everything. It's so funny. It's yes. so funny. I look. I, all I'm gonna say is I respect. Clearly, I respect two year long bit. I respect the commitment to it. Clearly, his defense isn't that great, <laughs> folks. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, okay, so last few things we just want to hit on here. So to summarize, Joel Embiid playing like an MVP candidate again, despite except for Seth Curry and Tyrese Maxey pretty much playing by himself. And I do just want to say, Seth Curry George is Niang occasionally has a good play. Yes, we have and, to give credit for that. Yes, yes. And Andre Drummond, when Embiid is off the court, has played really great recently. Um, he's – I know we joke about like, oh, he's the best backup of the Embiid era. But I can firmly say now, and I will regret this during the playoffs when Andre Drummond dies of a horrible death on the court <laughs> and Doc Rivers refuses to pull him after 10 minutes and he's bleeding out on the center of the Wells Fargo Center. He, he has a wound that he got back in like 1967 reopened <laughs> on the court and just like it's all over. <laughs> and, and Andre Drummond is firmly the like I mean he's he's just had games recently where I'm like, wow, <coughs> it's amazing I mean, to have we, a center who can literally do anything when Joel Embiid is in the game. If if I told you if I said the phrase the Greg Monroe playoff game, you know what I'm talking about. That's the bar for the Sixers in terms of backups for for Ben's, for Joel Embiid. I mean, we win the title the last bar, year if we have Drummond. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, the multiple, if we have Drummond, if we have Niang, you know, to, to instead of Mike Scott, you know, long live the Hive. But come on, guys, um, we sweep. We yeah, it's it's easy to the title. It's just the entire thing. Yeah. <laughs> As we, talk, as we talk about Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons just like basically not existing in the playoffs. Um, I mean, I, I think Joel Embiid has to be the obvious MVP candidate just because he has $80 million <laughs> in dead cap just sitting there. And then like an extra $20 million in 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 Danny Green occasionally having a literal cardio game just out there getting his laps in 20 minutes. Getting some fresh air. Hey, he some exercise. He provides spacing, dude. Come on, we know how important that is for Joel. Uh, <laughs> somehow, I, I love how Danny Green went zero 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 zero, and he probably had a more positive impact on the half court offense than Matisse Thybul does. <laughs> <laughs> We're literally dying of COVID on the podcast. This is so great. We love we love the world that we live in. But everything's going great. I do just my last thing that I want to hit on here. We've talked about the Mm -hmm. Tobias thing. We've talked about whatever. There are two things I want to hit on, uh, including um, two, two very special people in my life. I just want to say this will keep going for 40 minutes. Yes. 
Furcon Corkmoss, <laughs> Chef Chef Corkmoss is back cooking in the kitchen again. Um, I said this on the podcast with AU. You listened to it. The Sixers need... It's one of the two podcasts I've listened to, yes. Yes. The Sixers need to let... If Corkmoss is ever going to be a useful player for the Sixers, they need to just let him cook for, like, three possessions when he gets in the game. Give him the ball, let him cook, get him in the flow of the offense, Get let him get going, and every time that happens, he plays well. Like, the last two games are just complete proof that you need to let Corkmoss cook if you want him to be decent. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's just because it, the Sixers have as long as I've watched them have been so like so like it's it's been so like against everything they are to just the idea of like a guy shooting it and not really caring if it goes in just like going for it and but that's what Corkmoss needs I think that's what it, it's been a learning curve to let that back into it just to but have also him, like, just letting him run point for a little bit too like he's no, not yeah, terrible exactly, with yeah. the ball and like. It also just like it gives up gives a diversity to your offense when you're able just to have Shake, Maxi, Seth, Corkmoss like cobbling together some decent shot creation. And <laughs> it's harder to guard when you have multiple guys who can dribble and shoot. It's hard to believe. Yeah. But none of them can pass. But they can oh Corkmoss can kind of pass. Probably the best passer of the Wait. team. We did eight years into Joel Embiid's career and we're like, oh, okay, hey, maybe having guys who can dribble and shoot around them, maybe that's <laughs> Maybe we should try that. <laughs> Maybe we should give that a shot. That could work. Is Daryl Morey a fucking genius? <laughs> <laughs> I was. I, that's the thing. Like it was all like, oh my god, this team works. It's just like he, it's literally he was just the first guy to say, hey, maybe we should add shooters around Joel Embiid. Maybe I should bring in Seth Curry and see how that works next to the most dominant big man of the era. And Turns now he's good. And now he's literally the second best player on the team. I actually, yeah. I talked about this the other day, and I'm like. Seth Curry, like Seth Curry is probably giving you 90% of what CJ McCollum would give you if you traded for him. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's shooting shooting like KD numbers for mid range on similar volume, 58% from mid range and 41% from three on five threes a game. And he's also career high in assists like, or yeah, I think it's career high in assists. He had fucking 12 last night. I, I, you know, I've been saying that I, I said this at some point too. Like, you know, we talk about like you know, not wanting to waste Joel Embiid's prime, but like, it's hard to say. Like, you know, having a guy like Seth Curry on like what he's getting paid eight million dollars a year—that's a massive advantage that like runs out after next year too. Yep. Like Seth Curry is like the one value contract that we have on this team right now. It's like him and Maxi, basically. Yeah, basically, we have like eighty million dead cap tied up, but it's okay. Because, like, Max is on a rookie deal and Seth Curry is on, like, the most underpaid contract in the league. Uh, we have now figured out the bench, as I was saying before. We have four <laughs> or five playable bench players for the first time in the Joel Embiid era. And uh, we have now now have two literal zeros from our Max contracts. So you fix one thing, another thing pops up. And all I'm saying is that Joel Embiid's carry job that he's been able to do, the team is 18-8 and eight when he plays. 57 win pace right now. Other than Seth Curry and Tyrese Maxey, he's getting literally no help from anyone, and this must be fixed. I mean, it's it's just it's it's seriously otherworldly when you put it into the context of just like how much how much cap is tied up in just like getting nothing from it. Like again, literally 40. I I don't know if there's any precedent for a, a player having to play like this in his prime, like a great player. 
like Joel Embiid having to play with like forty million dollars in cap, just like tied up and up someone who won't play. Yeah, I don't think there's. I I can't I can't think except for like Kyrie Irving just earlier this season before he he came back. Right. I mean, if you don't count injuries and shit. Yeah, if you don't count injuries, just like literally just a player refusing to play and like Joel Embiid. And even when like, someone's injured, you're like, okay, well, you know, that's you know, the the mental strain of knowing that there's another guy who could be helping you and he's just choosing not to and just refusing to let that affect him. I mean, it's it speaks so much for who Joel Embiid is. He literally so might be for, fi- he might be 50 wins by himself. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. It's 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 incredible. And, you know, that's. And that's why I get like you know, the, the idea of just like saying, "Fuck it, we have to put something next to him. We have to give him some kind of of assistance." Because who knows? Like, it's really you know, put this Joel Embiid in the playoffs. We don't know what we're going to end up with. I mean, if he's healthy, he wasn't even healthy last year. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like we forget that he like fucked up his knee in the first round of the fucking. He tore his meniscus yeah. and he played through he played it. On one- with so much, Joel Embiid has had to put up with so much shit his entire career that it just all like ends up into like one blur. We lose track of it. <laughs> like crazy. anyone that, but like any, if, if it was if it was Jokic, we'd have nothing but like Denver fans talking about how he had the meniscus playoffs and how great that is. And oh my god, he look at the advanced stats that I just made up. <laughs> well, it's amazing. We are gonna hear that because MPJ's now maybe you know just getting uh, long COVID for the rest of his life. And um, also <laughs> doesn't like, have a back anymore. That seems like an important <laughs> thing. You're trying to play basketball. And then Jamal Murray might be out for the rest of the season still. So, okay. Well, Jamal Murray makes me sad. I love Jamal. Murray. I love Jamal Murray too. I mean, Hey, all I'm saying is I tweeted I'll, out. I'll laugh at MPJ all day, but you know, yeah, Jamal Murray. I agree. Yeah. I tweeted out Maxi and Murray's stats from their age uh, 21 seasons. They're extremely comparable. I'll just leave it at that. You were just dead set on dunking the shit out of me for that earlier Fox. It's going to be better than Maxi take. You cannot wait. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk again in three years because I'm I'm very much on the Maxi being able to be a three point shooter is going to make him fit on more teams than De'Aaron Fox. And De'Aaron Fox, if he's your best player, which he needs to have the ball. If he's your best player, your team's going nowhere. That's my thing with him. Like I think yeah, he's I, 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 agree, I, I agree with that. I agree. It, he's got that. It's a serious limitation. Yes. So I do just want to say one last thing here. Uh, we're gonna pour one out for our homie from Port Richmond, Kensington, <laughs> Tyler Johnson, uh, the Sixers legend who was on a ten-day contract. He shot three threes on three straight possessions in his first game. He passed the ball to Tyrese Maxey a lot, and he looks like he could just be found at a random Wawa in the Northeast. So do you, I do you remember you. that? Do you remember the, the painting that was going around with like the Delco monk? Like, you know, the monk who looks like he yes. has come from like, yeah. he's like Ty, Tyler Johnson's like, if you made a wish and brought that. To life. <laughs> <laughs> like if you wished on a star and that, like, you know, like, you know, the, the, what, what happened with, Life size, you know, what was that movie from Disney Channel where they they wish on a, a doll and make it come to life? It's like that, but with the painting of the Delco monk. <laughs> yeah, I, I will miss him. If, He's the most Philadelphia man of all time. I will say, if you put him and Jack Harlow in a room together, I would not be able to tell them apart. Oh my god, 
the Knicks came back and beat the Celtics. Did they? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, Evan Fournier had 41 <laughs> points. <laughs> Celtics, who, uh, who, their fans are literally, I, I don't know if you, do you know who Barstool, uh, fuck, who's the Barstool guy that's the big Celtics fan? Screen Stooley or whatever the hell yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 something yeah, Stooley, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That guy tweets after every loss that the Celtics have, Celtics only lost by five. Celtics only lost by three. If the Celtics, he tweeted last night and was like, the Celtics have lost their last five games by three, five, five. And I just tweeted at him and said, if they won every game that they are, that they lost, they would be undefeated. <laughs> it's true though. It's true. Oh my God. I cannot, but man, forget everything we said. Jalen Brown's going to be a sixer by the end of the week. <laughs> I know. What the fuck? Oh, oh my man. god! Their their record is now eighteen and twenty one. They're three games below five hundred. The Knicks just passed them in the standings. They're the eleven seed right now. I it it making Brad seems the GM was like such a like galaxy brain. I said it it's it's like the kind of move that only makes sense if like you're in like an, a basketball movie written by Aaron Sorkin. I guess <laughs> like the only. That's the only time this is actually like a thing that you do, and it's like, oh, it works out. Like it was just such a, I, I, he got to keep Brad on the team. He he reassembled like what, like the the the, the twenty twenty sixers. He got like Al Horford and and Jason John Richardson on Josh there. Richardson. Josh Richardson for some reason. And and it was like, Schroeder, that'll, that'll make De- it work. Dennis Schroeder's there to be Shake Milton, but with bad vibes and freedom. And for, yeah, he got freedom, and he literally made one of our assistant coaches the coach. Udoka, <laughs> he was like, "You know what worked? The 1926ers." Which, by the way, I just want to throw out there: the 1926ers were never this bad. <laughs> no, no, they made the playoffs. They were fine, dude. They were they, they were on together. pace before the bubble. They were on pace for 50 wins. Good lord! Ow. Oh my god! I'm like, I'm looking, I'm looking at the stats right now. Jesus. It's bad. Mark, oh, man. Yeah. And also, Danny Age, or Danny Age, I was going to say Danny Age, Brad Stevens went on the radio today I, and basically said, <laughs> we don't want to make any drastic moves. So that's what the Celtics <laughs> are doing as they're 18 and 21. And yeah. And and they get so mad when you could suggest that Tatum and Brown aren't. It's not even like yeah, we know Tatum and Brown are both good and they can fit together. That's fine. It's not even like the Embiid Simmons thing where it's like the basketball fit isn't great. Like it's not an ideal optimization of the two. It's just that they're not good enough. Like they're not no. good enough to be the best two players on a championship team. Not even close. And I know they're still I mean, young and they could get better, but like at this point, it's like Jason T- Jason Tatum's only nineteen, so. You will always have that. Him being nineteen forever <laughs> is just a benefit. It's it's basically like uh, like us during the process years. Though they're just selling mm-hmm. their future. Oh, they're going to keep getting better and that. Jason's only nineteen. Like Brown's like like they're very good players. They're very talented. It's just not enough. Like Joel Embiid they're by himself not. is more impactful on regular season winning at least than those two together. I think Jason Tatum can be that guy. I don't know if Jalen Brown can be like the guy they need him to be next. Here's to my thing with Jason Tatum. And I have always been more of a Tatum defender than like a Tatum mm-hmm. detractor. But like, 
Who other okay? Who is a primary scorer forward that has been the best player on a title team? Undoubtedly, you can't argue. Like you could argue it was Steph Curry or Kevin Durant, but you can't undoubtedly say he was the one A. The only one I can think of is Kawhi Leonard, and he's Kawhi Leonard. Like LeBron James is an insane playmaker. <laughs> like ever, Giannis is one of the greatest defenders of all time and also better at literally everything but shooting when it like, like what is the path for Tatum to be the best player on a championship team? By having the support of Brad Stevens there to like build around <laughs> him the perfect team. Clearly. Sounds great. They got to trade. I'm telling you my prediction. <laughs> I do just want to say if my Bill, prediction. If Bill Simmons wishes hard enough, there's nothing they can't do. <laughs> My prediction is that they trade Jalen Brown this offseason and they get Carl Anthony Towns. I don't know where Jalen Brown goes, but I think that they try to trade for Carl Anthony Towns this offseason. That's my prediction. So, I mean, that's I mean, that's just been their emergency switch forever. That's like you know, back when they were like you know they they were going to trade for Anthony Davis, right? You know, it's just I. <sighs> At some point, we have to admit the fact that nobody really wants to go play in Boston. It's true. I mean, no one wants to play in Philadelphia either. To be fair. No, they don't. They don't. And that's why we – That's, that's why Tobias Harris. Yes. And, and we should. <laughs> We're right to do so. All right. That's a good place to end it. We went way longer than I expected, but <laughs> I had to get that. I, I couldn't not say that. We This was the most ADD podcast that I've done since probably the last time I had the other Matt on. So I appreciate you coming I, I told, on. We, my my initial response when you asked me to come on here was like, this was the worst decision you've ever made, but let's do it. I loved it. I thought it was great. I don't care if anyone likes it because I enjoyed it and I had fun. So fuck them. So please, that. I and will definitely the, have you on and, in the future. And, and that is the Ben Simmons attitude right there. That's right. <laughs> Peace.